Hello, and welcome to Invested in Carbon Trading, a podcast by Reuters Plus and the Public Investment Fund, or PIF, which is where I'm from. I'm Kimberly Leonard. Now, in June of this year, 2.2 million tonnes of carbon credits were bought at an auction in the Kenyan capital, Nairobi. They were bought by companies from Saudi Arabia, and the auction was organised by the Voluntary Carbon Market Company, or RVCMC. But what are carbon credits? Why are they auctioned? And why hold the auction in East Africa? Well, to talk us through all of that, and to explain why PIF is so invested in carbon trading, Riham Algizi is here with me. She's the CEO of the RVCMC, which was partly set up by PIF. Riham, thank you so much for talking to us. So I suppose we should start at the very beginning. What are carbon credits? I mean, it's a very important question, and thank you for asking me that. We get asked uh, that question a lot, so it's a, it's a great opportunity to be able to explain. Uh, carbon credit offset is a certificate that represents one ton of CO2 that has either been removed or avoided from the atmosphere. What does it mean removed? To give an example is simply planting one tree. If you plant a tree through photosynthesis, they remove CO2 from the atmosphere and sequester it. That gets measured and certificates get issued by the impact on the environment. What about avoidance? Avoidance means if we have renewable energy project, we're replacing fossil fuel plants that generates electricity. So we're avoiding CO2 from going to the atmosphere. That gets measured as well. And, and uh, carbon credit offset certificates are issued with those measurements. Who issues the certificates? Standard setters. We have global bodies, non-for-profit organizations uh, like VERA or Gold Standards, American Carbon Registry. There are seven or eight out there that issues that. Can you just talk us through what carbon markets really are? Because there are two kinds, aren't there? So what are the two kinds of carbon markets and why are they so important? There are more than one type of markets that are out there, but the most uh, known one are the compliance market and the voluntary carbon market. Compliance market is, I'll give an example, what we have in the European Union, which is called ETS, which is cap and trade. What does it mean cap and trade? Is the European Union goes and selects uh, certain sectors that are carbon intensive. In other words, emit a lot of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. One of them would be the power generation for electricity, which typically use fossil fuel for that. What uh, would that do is we'll give allowances for plants, like we'll go to a plant, uh, for example, and give them 100 units every year. So the first year, you have 100 units. Every unit represents a ton of CO2. So for, for the first year, you emit 100, you have your 100 units, and that's okay. Second year, they will reduce the allowances given to you. So rather than 100, you get 98, and so on and so forth, to the amount that you reach, for instance, 50 units gradually over, uh, over a certain period of time. By year four or five, if you have 50 units and you emit 100, what do you do? You go and buy uh, units or allowances from other companies that have reduced faster and have surplus. In 2018, those units in the European Union were at 6 to $8 a tonne. Right now, they are $60 a ton. So it eats up from margin and it costs a lot. And uh, Why has it gone up? 
because the the regulator has reduced the amount of allowances given to companies or plants. And then generally, when it goes down, if you do not decarbonize as fast, then you have a surplus of CO2 uh, or deficit. And then it is a market of supply and demand, and hence the prices go up if there isn't enough certificates out there. Okay. So that, that's the compliance market? Yes, that's the compliance market. Now, the voluntary carbon market is a completely different story. If we will start with pricing, the pricing of the voluntary carbon market depends on different things. It depends on the type. Is it renewable energy? Is it energy efficiency? Is it forestry, planting trees? So the type of uh, credit? Yes, because the type decides the cost. For instance, uh, some credits cost $2 a tonne. Some cost one thousand, and and so why does that? Why such a difference there? Because of the cost, the geography, and the co-benefit. And uh, who sets the price? Uh, the buyers and the sellers is again like any market, the supply and demand. Uh, I had a, I was talking to the CEO of Gold Standard, and she was saying something I really liked, and I will quote her: "Behind every carbon credit certificate, there's a story to be told." And every project has got its own unique story. So if we talk about cook stoves, this is a completely different story than if we talk about direct air capture. So there are various types of carbon credits out there. The cost of them differs, the geography, and most importantly, the co-benefits to the communities. The voluntary carbon market is a purely voluntary market, meaning that companies commit to buy carbon credit offset to accelerate their climate action. So as they go for their decarbonization journey, they complement it with carbon credit offset to accelerate their impact, and they eliminate that by retiring these certificates, again, as their emissions. So this is one side of the story. The other side is the supply. The supply means project developers go and set their projects to sell carbon credit offset as a revenue stream from them. Otherwise, these projects will be uneconomic, or what we call it, additionality. And this is very important criteria. Additionality, is that what you said? Yes. Okay. So what does that mean? Additionality is additional climate action, means these carbon credit offset are the main revenue stream for this project to exist. So the countries set their uh, regulations, but... These project developers go and do extra over and above to accelerate climate action. Like, why would you restore mangroves? What is the economic benefit of doing that? Other mainly for uh, climate. And this is a blue carbon. These are high quality carbon credit projects. Mangroves are a tree that grows in the salty waters by our shores. And there is huge opportunity here in Saudi Arabia in terms of blue carbon. Saudi Arabia is number two in the world and some of the products of blue carbon, which is seagrass. We are number two in the world, specifically on the Red Sea. And when you talk about carbon credits and offsets, they're the same thing? Yeah. Okay. They call it carbon credits or carbon credit offset certificates. Okay. Now, who are the players in the market? The players in the market are a buy and sell side. The buy side would be companies that are decarbonizing and accelerating climate action. So they set their own targets. So we have seen a lot of companies coming and committing to net zero targets. So as they decarbonize, they complement their climate action. And is that from across the world you're seeing these companies coming? 
Oh yeah, of course. What about the sell side? Who are the sellers in this market? The sellers are project developers. Project developers that use these revenues to set up these projects that accelerate climate action, be it planting forest, energy efficiency, fugitive emissions, agri uh, projects, all of this, all of these projects that reduce or remove CO2 from the atmosphere. One of the things is direct air capture. Direct air capture is uh, a big, massive fan that absorbs CO2 from the atmosphere, sequester it underneath the ground. And this is a very expensive technology. Carbon credit offset is the means of financing this project. One of your aims with RVCMC is to create, and I'm going to quote here, a thriving market for carbon credits that plays a role in tackling climate change while improving livelihoods across the global south. Why is that so important for RVCMC? We will set up an exchange with which will help buyer and supplier to get together in a marketplace and find the right price. Price discovery is a big issue in the markets. The majority of the trades are done over the counter, in fact, 80%, which does not help the sellers to know what is the price and hence financing the project. The second thing, because we have three pillars, is the demand. And hence, we set up advisory services. We sit with our buyers, work with them on their decarbonization plans, and how to use carbon credit offset as a tool to accelerate their climate action, as a complementary tool, specifically for the hard-to-abate sectors and hard-to-abate emissions. And third, the investment services. So we thought, okay, fine, we don't have any supply in our region. What do we do about that? How do we help injecting money and injecting funds in project to accelerate climate action? And hence, we have those investment services that we set up as well with the market. So this is how unique the um, RVCMC is. It's not an exchange like the rest uh, of the exchanges that we see around us. It uh, tackles the whole ecosystem to make a thriving market, as you mentioned earlier. One of the problems is standards. So how do you, what are your concerns and how are you addressing them at the RVCMC? I mean, I'm just reflecting on what Antonio Guterres, the UN Secretary General, said. This is at COP27, he said this. Um, the absence of standards, regulations and rigour in voluntary carbon markets cr market credits is deeply concerning. It's a, very, uh, it's a very good question to ask. And this is something that we have seen a lot of development happening in the market. And the more uh, time goes by, and due to the importance of the market, the more we see a collective action happening. We call it's a responsibility of governments, of companies, and of individuals as well. So let us talk about what we have seen uh, during the past year. We have seen a lot of development that we really, uh, really, really uh, are happy with. We have seen a lot of criticism as well coming in the market that we are as well pleased with that because this is market correction. The criticism that came to some of the projects and their integrity and the scrutiny uh, that needs to be put in, getting that exposed early on is really important to help set the course for that market that is going to be crucial for climate action. Let us talk about what I've seen from a supply perspective and from a demand perspective. If you talk about the supply perspective, we've seen ICVCM, which is the Integrity Council, Council for Voluntary Carbon Market. It's an independent third party coming out 
setting uh, what should be uh, the bare minimum for the quality of a carbon credit. This is a definition, uh, which what we call the CCPs, Core Carbon Principles. And it's very important that these I mean, bodies set out there what is the minimum quality. In Article 6 under the United Nations, how the trade should happen between countries through ETMOS, which avoids double counting between countries. So it's the mitigation actions coming out of carbon credits. So we've seen that coming out. From a by perspective, we've seen BCMI complementing uh, the decarbonization curves for companies and what extra they could do through using carbon credit offset, also science-based targets. So there's a lot of action happening in that place. There's a lot of development, a lot yet to be achieved as well. For us, our VCMC, what do we do about this, which is very important? We mentioned the two auctions that we have done. We have done extensive due diligence to include to make sure that the quality of the projects that has been offered is intact. So we had two separate due diligence teams, a third party and a team inside. And any th a red flag that we found, we excluded these projects. We excluded almost 85% of what we've been offered. And that is extra diligence from ourselves because this is our second transaction. And we wanted to make sure that the integrity and the quality of these projects and the impact is real. So any red flag, we've excluded a lot of projects. And uh, in the future, we will use credit agencies that raise these projects. We'll continue with our due diligence on all of the projects that are offered uh, through our platform. Why specifically did you hold it in Nairobi? And why is their focus from um, the RVCMC towards the global south? What we want to be is a leader one of the biggest markets by 2030. This is our ambition. This is where we want to be because we believe we can lead. We can show leadership uh, from our region. Uh, we had uh, a minister in Kenya call it South to South Trades, South to South Climate Action. So we need to own the narrative ourselves and uh, finance projects ourselves and collectively work together and this is where RVCMC is uniquely positioned. We went to Kenya, Nairobi, and we held the biggest auction in the history of the markets back in June of 2023. The auction offered around more than 70% of the credit offers came from Africa, different parts of the continent. And we had with us present on the ground 16 companies. Why did we went to Africa, is to walk the talk. We wanted to do action on the ground. We want for the companies to see for themselves the impact. So so you've seen some of these projects firsthand, right, where these carbon credits come from? Not only that, the, what, the project that we offered, I'll give an example by a project in Burundi. In Burundi in specific, 2% of the population, 2% have access to clean cooking fuel. What does that mean? It means three things. They cut the trees, which what we call biomass. They carry it for distances. They burn it, so there's a fume and an impact on health. And they use plenty of that. So, A, deforestation, impact on health for carrying biomass for long distances, and the fume coming out of it. 
And these are what we did is we bought from a project in Rwanda. We bought from project in Kenya and Burundi. All of these projects helped communities. The one in uh, Burundi in specific, it was for schools. The one in Rwanda, it provided help with additional solar panels, remote solar panels, rather than the burning kerosene uh, for the houses. We offered solar panels as a complementary service, together with the helpline to help communities how to use it. I went myself and cooked in an open fire with farmers and uh, tell you how bad it is for the health to smell these fumes, how hard it is to carry the biomass on the back. The women have it, have a cloth wrapped to their heads and to their backs, and they walk for long distances, and then they cook. The energy efficiency of cooking an open fire is not good, so extra fume. So the impact on the environment is huge. And at the same time, the impact on health. So these projects are very important. Another example that uh, is very important, let us talk about a project that uh, we auctioned in Nairobi as well, in South Africa. Uh, it's a renewable energy one, wind one, that provided 144 megawatt uh, for communities. Together with it, uh, it did a rehabilitation of water supply to the communities and opened a clinic for uh, the community over there. So the impact is not only uh, in on the environment, but on the communities. There is a return on the community itself, which satisfied the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. So again, I will say every carbon credit offset certificate has got a story with it. It impacts human life. It impacts the climate. But there is a story to be told. Why did I go myself? Because, and this is very important for all of us, I believe, I firmly believe, is to see for yourself. To see is to believe. And we're going to take the Saudi companies with us to see. In terms of that, uh, a, a term that keeps jumping out is carbon justice. Carbon justice. I, think, I thought it was... Um, it was a really powerful term, and I, and I was listening to someone at a conference I went to, and he was saying that carbon markets could be the great economic leveler, that the Global South has such ambition when it comes to climate goals, but they need the, they really need the money, and they just don't have it. Do you think that that's where, that this is going to be the game changer? I truly believe that there are projects, specifically removal projects, if you go back again to the one and a half degrees Celsius, the one and a half degrees Celsius wouldn't come by reducing our emissions. It would come by removing CO2 from the atmosphere. It's impossible to reach it without removing. And you cannot remove CO2 from the atmosphere without an economic value to it. Where is the revenue stream to accelerate that? And carbon credit offset is a mean of financing these projects that are otherwise uneconomic without the carbon credit offset as a revenue stream. Carbon justice is very important. As we say, energy transition, we need to make sure that this energy transition is done in an orderly, unjust, and fair way to the vulnerable communities out there. 53% of sub-Saharan Africa doesn't, don't have access to electricity 
period. Period. And another 100 million have intermittent access to electricity. Imagine a world without schools, banking systems, hospitals. Electricity provides access to all of that. So imagine projects that are financed by carbon credit offset through renewable energy and energy efficiency. That is all could be financed by carbon credits and voluntary carbon market as well as uh, countries facilitating that through their regulatory means as well. When it comes to the Global South, though, do you think that it has to come up with a sort of unified approach for carbon credits and their trading? And and what is RVCMC doing to, to help that if you think that that's what needs to happen? In two years, you could see the impact that we have done. I'm, I'm very, very proud to see that the World Economic Forum recognizes RVCMC and Saudi Arabia for they called it the countries that has leaped in uh, 2022. They call it the Energy Transition Index. And one of the reasons why was the auctions that the RBCMC has done alongside other projects that Saudi Arabia had done through PIF, whether it be hydrogen or other means, but they mentioned the RBCMC in specific. You can imagine Saudi Arabia went ahead 24 places. That's a leap in one year. And that's a recognition uh, to RVCMC as well, efforts that we have done. PIF, um, the Public Investment Fund, obviously committed to net zero, committed to sustainability and everything that it does. How has the fund helped you to do what you do? It is. It has been um, extremely successful so far. And that is because of the support of my two shareholders. PIF owns 80% of RVCMC, and Saudi Tadawal owns 20%. Uh, PIF gave the access and the platform, uh, and not only that, agreed to play the role of a market maker. And that is unique to Saudi Arabia, is unique to PIF. And that's why they set up the company to play that role of initiating that market over here, to be leader uh, in our region, uh, the access to different companies within their network, um, the support, be it technical, uh, be it um, pushing us forward, uh, setting up uh, targets with us, uh, it has been uh, unconditional support that I, we got from PIF uh, to go in our journey. As I said, our ambition is to be one of the biggest players in the world by 2030, not in Saudi Arabia, not in MENA region, but in the global south. We want to be leaders. I just want to, to end really by saying it's been a year. It's been quite a year for you. You've done so much in that year. What, what do you see for the next year and what do you see going forward? 2030 is really the marker, isn't it? What do you see for RVCMC in the next year and heading to 2030? Well, uh, next year is going to be a very busy year for us. Next year, we're planning to launch an exchange. So it's going to be a spot market uh, at the beginning. So we're working on uh, bringing buyers, sellers, and making sure that trades uh, is continuous and liquid in that market. It takes a year to build liquidity. So we're working very hard on that. 
So this is something that uh, we're really keen on. Also, we're going to launch our investment fund or services. We are already in touch with different uh, partners to work on investing and carbon uh, credit offset projects uh, in energy efficiency, in cook stoves. So this is an area of focus to us. So it's going to be a very busy year for us next year. Ram, thank you so much for talking to us. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for your time. Thanks a lot. And thank you so much for being with us. I'm Kimberly Leonard from PIF, and I'll speak to you soon.